Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Yepes Blundell. Startup CPG is a community dedicated to helping young brands succeed. In a crowded marketplace where anyone can throw together a Shopify site to sell a product, you have to fight for attention. On today's episode, we'll hear from Florian Radke, an expert in building successful D2C brands. He's good, like Shark Tank good. Listen as he breaks down what is really needed to have a thriving brand on Shopify. Hi, Florian. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing fantastic, Florian. Thanks so much. Tell us a little bit about your background as it pertains to D2C and Shopify. So my background is actually in like real like traditional brand marketing, messaging and positioning. I grew up in Germany and I worked in Berlin in one of the top three agencies that are really just branding agencies. And um, I work with clients such as Nike, Heineken, MTV, Red Bull, and so forth, like really, really exciting brands. And then I moved out here to to the San Francisco Bay Area to work with startups and help them to, you know, to tell their stories and create their positioning, mostly um, to help them raise money, but also bring products to market. So it was mostly like early stage startup companies. And that now is full circle brings me back to the topic we're talking about. A lot of the startup companies that I started joining recently or I work with recently are D2C companies. That's where now my focus on Shopify comes in because I really, really believe Shopify is an amazing platform, but you need to understand brand and messaging to be successful on the platform because it's also, because it's such an easy platform, it's such a high competitive space. Yeah, just out of curiosity, what what made you do that switch from big, big brand names to startups? Well, I was always a tech nerd at heart, and I wanted to to live in Silicon Valley and work with tech companies. And I figured the best way to do that is to come here and offer my skill set that I had with big brands to small startup companies, because, you know, every small startup company aspires to be a big, big brand one day. And so um, if you do it right, if you do the foundation right from the get-go, you can accelerate much much faster and you can actually do, you know, what everybody talks about in Silicon Valley, do blitz scaling way better because you don't dilute your brand while you do it. So what kind of brands are you working with right now? The past three years, actually, I was on the brand side. I did some freelance consulting, but I was really focused on one brand, which is called Wild Earth. You can find them at wildearth.com. It's a very interesting brand because we, we put a plant-based dog food in the market that nobody knew that they wanted. Um, And so we completely disrupted the category, which is the pet food category, which was all focused on a lot of meat in the dog food. And people really have this conception, your dogs are wolves and they need to eat meat. And so we disrupted that space, uh, bringing out a plant-based dog food. And we disrupted it so well that actually one of the biggest producers of, of pet food, which is Mass Pet Care, became an investor in the company. You know, we actually started a movement in this industry and now we have more and more competitors lining up, which is really interesting. The reason why I bring up that example is because in the beginning when I joined this company, we were all focused on going into retail stores because we thought pet food, you buy that in retail and, and you know, that's the way to do it. We really realized early on that if we own D2C channel, we have it way easier to show the customer uh, the benefits of our product. So you don't have to have people, the associates in the store buy into your brand promise. You just tell the people directly. So we pivoted to be a full on 100% D2C brand and that unlocked crazy growth. We had 50% month over month growth, went from $0 in sales to multiple million in sales. That was very fun. I built it for the last three years and now I'm out um, 
freelancing again and working with other companies. One of the companies I'm working on right now is really interesting. It's called Alpha Foods, Canadian company. You see their stuff also in retail. They have like frozen burritos and frozen plant-based chicken patties and all these things. And I'm helping them actually create their D2C. So they 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 just want to also be part, get part of the D2C pie. And so I'm helping them create the D2C and everything is built on Shopify. Is it a smart strategy for emerging brands to dive into direct to consumer, you know, via Shopify um, instead of trying to get on to say, you know, walmart.com? Yes. I fully believe that as a brand, if you, well, let's, let me rephrase that. If you just want to make some quick money by selling like $1 watches from China, sure. You can just, you know, do go on Amazon and do that and, and watch your brand burn out. And then you have to restart. If you want to build a real sustainable brand that you can raise money towards, that you can actually get an exit out of, um, then you need to build a brand that actually has loyalty in the market. And there's no better way to build brand loyalty by selling directly to your customers. Because what happens if you sell on Amazon and Walmart and if you're in the pet space, Chewy and all these platforms, you actually lose that intimacy that you have with your customers. Um, and if you look at some of the most successful D2C brands, um, Casper, for example, is a great example here. They use their the people that they have in their pool, their direct customers, as their research for product development. And that's the way you need to build a brand. You need to create really, really intimate relationships with your customers and make them part of your brand and part of your product development. And that's how you win. So I'm a new brand, emerging brand. I want to build a Shopify site. Am I building that myself or am I partnering with an agency? Um, that is a really, really frequent question. And unfortunately, too many people invest money in the wrong places. Um, I've seen so many, so many brands try to do the e-commerce game and build a Shopify store and hire an agency. And then they shell out, you know, $50,000, $100,000 for, for an awesome website and mostly what they what they say they go to an agency and say just copy just copy this website for us and make it look like us um, because they don't know how to do it themselves and and then they fail and the reason here is they make the wrong investment they made the investment in the in the technology first but they should have made the investment in their brand and their messaging and positioning and the product really figure out what it what it is that people want shopify itself has amazing themes out of the gate. I mean, even the free free themes on Shopify are amazing. And you can buy fully functional themes for you know, $150 to $250 that have everything that you need to start your brand uh, or to start your start selling your product. But what you what Shopify does not provide to you is your own understanding of your product, your brand, your audience. That's where you need to make the investment. And the good news is. That investment can just be time. You just need to put the time in if you don't have the money. If you have the money, hire a brand marketer who can help you with that. Somebody like me um, who can sit you down and, and really figure out your customer, your customer archetype, their wants and needs, and how does your product and your brand fit into that lifestyle of your customer. So walk me through that 101 of that brand positioning for e-commerce. Yeah, yeah. excellent question. Um, so what you want to be doing is, First of all, you need you you develop a product, right? You you want to sell something. You have an idea, and um, it's fine if it's a copycat. If you see somebody doing something, you're like, oh, I can do that better. Then then go for it. But one thing you need to understand: the product is only as good as the audience that accepts it. So one thing you need to understand in the beginning is who are the people actually buying your product, and what is their lifestyle like? What are their wants and needs? How do they identify 
with the products they buy. Um, and now, and there's so many different archetypes on customers. There's the people that want to bargain. There's people who are brand loyalists. So what you want to do is you just want to do your research on that. And there's platforms out there where you can, where you can do that research. The cheapest way to do that is buy a panel on uh, SurveyMonkey, for example. You can buy a panel. You can reach 500 to 600 people on there for, you know, five to $600. Um, it's, it's about a dollar per, per answer if you ask the right questions. And then you can go in the market and, and figure out what people want, what people what people are interested in, what people want to hear. And one thing that I see happening a lot is people come out with their first product and their first product idea, and then you ask you ask the market what they're interested in, and then there's aha moments where like, oh, you know, if we if we if we make an adjustment to the product or to our offering in this way, then it would actually fit way better to the market we're servicing. So my biggest thing is research, research, research at the beginning before you even start building your brand, before you even think about a logo or a name or whatever it is that you want to be selling. So that open loop feedback and dialogue, open dialogue with the customer is key here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, markets nowadays are conversations, right? It, the times of brands just showed, shouting something and not getting a response, they're long gone um, because everybody nowadays can put content on the internet. So it is a global conversation that you have. And as a brand, you just need to inject yourself into that conversation and think about it like this party. You go you go to a cocktail party, there's tons of people talking, and then you come in and then there's two ways to do it. You can either be part of the conversation and people are interested in you and want to listen to you, or you can run in the room and shout and say, I have something interesting to say and everybody's going to ignore you because you're the annoying person in the room. So you really want to figure out what is that conversation you want to inject yourself into and how do you actually provide benefit for the people that you want to target and how do you give them something that they actually feel like they need? Yes, inject yourself authentically is key, right? And really know your brand values and your positioning to authentically connect to that consumer base. And I'm proud to say as well that something that we're doing here on the Startup CPG podcast is doing a little bit of that consumer insight research for um, our audience. So I will be spotlighting an array of consumers, think that one-on-one -on -one qualitative conversations to get it inside today's consumer's mind. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's and that's exactly what needed. And honestly, one of the reasons why I feel I it works so well for me to work with these brands is because that's that's what I learned. You know, I being in the in the classic advertising agency, focus grouping was our bread and butter. That's all we did. We had ideas and then we focus grouped the crap out of it. And I think nowadays because it moves so fast because you can whip up a Shopify store so fast, a lot of people that try it for the first time, they don't do the hard work in the beginning and figure out what is it actually that you're saying in the market that will drive people to buy your product. So talk to me a little bit about Shopify consumer customer data. Is that easily accessible? Is it transparent? And what can you do with that data? Yeah, so there's a few things uh, you can see out of the gate on your on the just on the on the Shopify end, right? Uh, the data, just seeing who buys in from what regions, what uh, what's the customer, uh, what's the average order value, what's the customer lifetime value, all these things Shopify already provides to you. You don't need any third-party data services. You can log into your Shopify store and you see all this data. One thing that is really awesome about Shopify too is anybody who buys from you will put in their email address or sometimes even their phone number because they want to get order notifications. Once you have an email of your customer, especially when you're a young brand, when you're just starting out, talk to them. You know, there's nothing better than 
directly from the founder of a company, somebody getting an email and saying, oh, thank you for ordering from us. Um, would you mind answering a couple of questions to me? How did you like the order process? Or how did you find the product? Or we would love to hear your input on once we deliver your product. And really, I would love to have a five-minute call with you and you walk me through what you like and what you don't like about it. And I'll give you a discount on the next order in return or something like that. That is such valuable insight that you can get out of the gate without having to you know, deploy a marketing firm or buy into data sets. That's all available to you right out of the get-go. How do you advise your clients or your startups on that social media integration or that digital ad placements using Shopify? For me, social media integration and digital ad placements are two completely separate buckets. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of startup, especially startup CPG brands do, they think if they if they buy influencer marketing, it generates sales, which is typically not the case. Unless you have a really, really unique product where it's so unique that people see it posted by an influencer and then people immediately come and, and purchase from you. But what social, organic and paid influencer marketing does for you, it just elevates your brand. It, it puts your, it creates more contact points to your brands before people then maybe see your paid ads and make a purchase decision. So you can think about that as like, you know, let's go back to the analogy of being at a party. You have, you, you have knowledge about something that, that you talk to somebody about. And it takes a couple points for you to, to bring that knowledge across and maybe convince somebody that, that your opinion, your point of view is the right point of view. So that person literally buys into your opinion. That's also what you need to do with your brand. You need to have multiple contact points and it's the best thing if these contact points happen on different channels um, before people actually can buy into your product and want to make that purchase decision. So, so the way I look at it is, yes, you need to invest in your social marketing, which is just being out there on the social feeds and show, product, show people what you're doing, but you shouldn't be pushy. You shouldn't be trying to sell on these channels. The sale happens when you then run paid ads because the more exposure you already had, with your brand towards your target audience, the easier you're then going to convert when you show them a paid ad. So investing in your social is actually investing in getting your um, cost per acquisition on the paid channels down, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think often what happens is that the founders are moving so fast and they are always on sales mode that it's hard to take that step back sometimes and really think about channel strategy and how to drive that customer or potential customer to their actual Shopify site. Now, is Shopify user-friendly in terms of that cross-channel integration? Yeah, absolutely. So again, Shopify has these integrations where you can you can immediately start selling on Facebook and Instagram your products, which is good to be there, right? It's it's nice to have your products directly in the, in the Instagram, on your Instagram um, account, and you can sell from there. But I've worked with multi-million dollar brands and I can tell you the the sales you're getting on these channels is is so small. Um, it, it's a nice to have, definitely not a must have. So if you're struggling with all these tech integrations there, it's not that important. What was more important is that you talk about your product and your offering in a very authentic and an approachable way. And people will find their way to you. You know, they will, if you have a good brand name, they will do a Google search and find you. Obviously, you should put the link to your shop in the bio. And that's where where the majority, where like, you know, 90% of the conversions happen is on your Shopify store itself. So you want to drive people towards that store as much as you can. 
are you seeing any particular types of CPG that doesn't work well on Shopify or is that a catch-all and really you can sell anything? No, actually, I honestly, I think Shopify, you can sell anything on Shopify. I'm actually working with a client right now. They sell services. They don't even sell a physical product. They're just sale, sales services where um, that particular product is called Affordable Pet Labs. Um, it's lab technicians who come into your house to take your your pet's blood and urine samples so you don't have to bring your pet to the vet. And that is not that's not a physical product they ship, but they use Shopify to sell this product and then people um, get order confirmation and then they set up a timing and then people come into the house. So, you know, we hacked, kind of hacked the Shopify platform to even provide just services instead of physical products. If you look at all these, like if you follow, follow like on Reddit, um, Shopify people, and if you follow, if you go on these blogs and all these um, forums and talk about like Shopify sellers, especially people that drop ship, like all the drop shipping community, all they talk about is upsell and increase average order value and all these things. But it really depends on what you want to be doing. I, I personally don't like working with these brands, with these dropshipping brands, because it is not a real brand you're creating because it's dropshipped. Anybody can copy you. And then, you know, you, you just have to compete on price. And at some point you just have to burn your brand because you just, you know, somebody else will undercut you and that's it. Um, so if you're really serious about having a career in building a Shopify store, you need to find a unique product that is actually so good and that you believe in so hard that you can you can make it happen and that will that will prevent competitors from just plain copying you it's really hard to copy a product where people have a real drive and real value and really believe in that cover because because that mission and the drive that you put into your product is really hard to copy if somebody just wants to compete with you um so with that said i i think you can sell anything on the shopify platform um, you just need to believe in it yourself. It needs to be a product that actually solves a problem. That is so interesting. So really you can sell anything on Shopify as long as you have that deep connecting brand narrative in a meaningful product. Yeah, so I, I just want to point out that most people think about Shopify. Um, they're like, oh, I'm going to build my website and there's a Shopify store. And, and that used to be the case um, for the last 10 years that Shopify grew. But what Shopify clearly is doing now, they're actually more developing into a marketplace and a platform. Um, you can already see that happening. You see like the writing on the wall for that with the Shopify pay. So they now have their own payment system that works throughout any Shopify store. What that means, um, kind of like with Apple Pay, right? You put your credit card in once and now you can use Shopify pay at any of the Shopify stores. So now they actually already created a platform. They're becoming an Amazon competitor. It's not consolidated yet on one website, but doing that for them is going to be so easy once they have a critical mass on Shopify Pay um, or Shop Pay, I think they call it. Then they can flip the switch and suddenly create a marketplace. And I'm very, very certain that's going to happen. So if you are thinking, oh, you're gonna you're creating this isolated brand on your on your own domain and you only sell through there. Um, I think what you're going to be seeing in the future is that actually Shopify become a huge marketplace where you can search products across multiple Shopify stores and you can opt in to be part of that marketplace. And I think once that development happen, happens, um, there is a, there's going to be a real battle going on between Amazon and Shopify and who actually creates the best value out there.
And what's the timing on that? I mean, how quickly do you think that's going to be happening? So when you when you look at everything that Shopify is doing right now, the you know the the type of companies they're they're acquiring, um, how they're pushing their their shop pay, honestly, I I think we're going to see the first things happening within the next three to five years where it really becomes a platform. I I wouldn't be surprised um, if in the next one to two years we actually see the first um, overall search engine somewhere where you can search for products across all Shopify stores that opted in. From a consumer perspective, what's the benefit from dropping the Amazon and going to the Shopify for your cross-category purchase? I feel when you look at Shopify, let, let's 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 take all the drop shipping stuff outside of that outside of that because you know drop drop shippers they just find a cheap product somewhere from overseas and upsell it to US consumers on a on a large margin. And those are to me not not real brands. Uh, they don't really provide a benefit besides getting getting a cheap product <laughs> sold a, sold a little higher that they could buy cheap themselves on Alibaba. But if you take the real brands out there, you know the the people that put in the real work and create real value, um, those people typically try to stay away from Amazon because Amazon is such a competitive marketplace on just on price alone. Right? If you have a really quality product and you sell on Amazon. You can have a rip-off competitor that totally undercuts your own price, and then you have to compete with that, which you're not in the business of doing because you know your product is so good, it actually costs you money to build this product and uh, to provide the service that you're providing, and you just don't want to compete on price. And I think if Shopify does it right, they're going to make sure it's not going to become a price competitive platform, but it's become it's going to become a feature competitive platform. So they're just going to promote to you the product that that fits the best with what you're what you're trying to do for the consumer, and then the consumer is going to make a decision based on features and not so much on price. And let's face it, today's consumer is so savvy, and they want brand purpose, and they want to know your brand values, and they will be loyal and advocate and ambassadors of your brand if you have that meaningful mission. So I think that's going to be even more important going forward in how Shopify can really corner that market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, we all had this experience. We all fell for you know clicking on Instagram ad and buying something that arrived eight weeks later straight from China, and you're like, uh a, I forgot I ordered this because there wasn't really a need for me. I just did it because I was bored or whatever, or it was cheap. And then you and then you use the product and it falls apart in a in a couple hours, and, and you get disappointed. You will never buy from them again. In fact, you probably didn't don't even remember what the what the store or the brand was called that you bought this product from from because it's so, you know, you can just exchange it. Um, but if you invest time and money into building a brand around it that's when people actually remember you. And I can give you a quick example. Um, I worked with with a brand. Um, they were just trying to figure out, okay, we, we want to sell something on, on the Shopify platform that actually has value. Um, and they did a test. They just, they just looked at the Alibaba and the Shopify platform and found out there's this little, little gadget that sells really well on all these other sites. Um, it was a little, you've probably seen those, like little little blender like USB chargeable blenders that you can take with you, like a portable blender. And then I worked with them on creating a brand for it. They're like, okay, we want to compete with all these dropshippers, but we want to do it better. So I created a brand from a brand for them. It's called blendjet.com. Um, now it's the most successful um, portable blender company in the world. They sell millions of units. 
And what they did, they just looked at the market. They found a product that is, that's good, that people like. And then they recreated this product, just a better product, and put a brand around it. And suddenly people remembered where they bought it. And, you know, they, now they put out this second generation product, including, you know, all these additional products that they sell with it. And people actually remember where they bought it and people become fans of this brand. Whereas before, you could buy these cheap portable blenders and on any of these sites, including Amazon and, and Wish.com and, and, and Alibaba and all these um, dropship Shopify stores. And all these other stores are now competing on price points where Blendjet says, no, we're not the cheapest, but we're the best. And they don't have to compete on price with the others because now they became the original brand, even though they weren't the first to do it. Florian, it's been awesome to have you. Your knowledge runs so deep in growth marketing. Where can we find more of your knowledge? Yeah, I'm currently uh, working with a really amazing collective of freelance people. We have, you know, Facebook advertising ninjas. We have Google advertising ninjas. We have brand people. We have um, D2C strategy people. And the collective is called LeapGrow. You can find us on leapgrow.co. Um, we only work with brands that we pick and we only work with mission-driven brands. Um, but if you're interested, check us out on leapgrow.co and shoot us a message and see if we're a good fit to work together. Florian, thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Startup CPG is a national community. So come connect with thousands of brands and partners like Florian and LeapGrow via our Slack channel. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jennifer Yepes Blundell, theme music by the Super Fantastics. And a special thanks to our community partner, LeapGrow. You can find them at leapgrow.co. We love hearing from you. Email us at podcast at startupcpg.com. And remember to leave a review, subscribe, or follow us wherever you're listening. See you next time.